Welcome to Gross Anatomy. Are we live? We are live with Gross Anatomy Podcast, where we explore the sights, smells, and sounds of medicine and how it pertains to pop culture, meaning books, movies, TV, and the world around us. And I am Dr. Jason Cohen. And I'm Lauren Taylor. And today we have a very special guest. Do you want to introduce our guest, Dr. Yes, Cohen? I would love to introduce okay. We have Nikki Levy, who I've known for, she's the owner and founder and creator of Alchemy 43, which we have to go over why Alchemy 43. But but I, but I not only that, I've known you for, I, I'd love to say a zillion years, it seems like, right? It does, it does feel like we're family. I feel like it's been about, it's been about a decade, I think. At least. And and you're someone who I randomly will bump into each other in different places randomly, too. This is true. Which is is, which is cool. So so there's so much going on with you. And I was just I thought it'd be great to have you on on our show. I'm happy to be here. How did we. So so you own this company, Alchemy 43, that we're going to talk about. But I I don't I don't want to start there. I want to start. So you're you've been in healthcare. Ever right out of school? Have you always? No, no. I worked in beauty right out of college, and then um, started in medical aesthetics in two thousand nine. So no, no. But weren't you doing? Didn't how, how did I, I meet you? You through, you, through that? I, I think I through, met you. Yeah. Through beauty? Yeah, no, through Bernice when, when I was working for Allergan. Oh right, I met you. You were working for Allergan. Yes, yeah, I yeah, used yeah, to get right. Botox rep. That's how that I got was, into all this. But it was Allergan because of my wife, because of the master Correct. injector. So we always have to somehow on pretty much every podcast, we, there's always a plug for the master injector. I I need to always plug my master. Yes. Otherwise I don't function. So we always have to mention Bernice who we've had on the show twice now. Oh, fantastic. Well, I love Bernice. I'm crazy about her and she's a super talented injector. Yes. And wait, so what were you doing for Allergan at the time you were? I was the Beverly Hills 90210 Botox rep. Oh. Yes, yes, it was it was quite uh, quite an innings. You've been in the space for a long time. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and I feel like it was kind of trial by fire. I was in, I mean, Beverly Hills nine hundred two and one hundred at the time was the largest Botox, the highest volume Botox territory in the country. And one of the things you guys will appreciate because I feel like whenever I say this to people outside the industry, they're shocked by it. At the time, so I had one zip code. I had 90210, which if you guys live in LA, you know, is like three blocks. It's a very small radius. Um, To put it in comparison at that time, the rep that had Seattle, Washington, had all of Washington and all of Alaska as her territory. (laughs) So like I had three blocks. I just had this little tiny snippet of of geography, but it was very small, but mighty. And and backing up even more, were you always going to, were you like... A healthcare. Were you going to be a doctor? And no. somehow you, like, how no, did I you never, get into I, doing that? Yeah, I mean, I think I think it was for me. My passion has always been in aesthetics and beauty, and so this was to me an extension of that. Which then sort of, you know, I got I got more enmeshed in healthcare, and I think now I have a really, you know, a, a, just an interesting slant in my interest. You know, in, in the company I'm building now, and you know, hopefully future companies that I'll build, and you know, that that I think are slanted more towards wellness and medical, you know, medical wellness. When you were in college, what do you think you were going to do? I thought I was going to be a journalist. I really thought that journalism was my path. And uh, I've always enjoyed writing. And I've always, it's been a bucket list of mine forever to write my own book at some point. I will write a book in my lifetime. It's on um, my list. It's on my list too, Lauren. Is it? Yeah. 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 I would love to do that. And, and yeah. So then, and then, 
you know, I thought maybe publicity, like I did a bunch of internships after college when I first moved to LA and, you know, just, I, I, I sort of looked into all the things I thought I was going to be interested in and I hated all of it. And at the time I was working at a makeup counter to make, you know, to sort of pay the bills while I was interning. What, what makeup counter? Um, I worked at Mac cosmetics at the Nordstrom West side, remember West side pavilion. Yeah, West Side, and uh, and then worked for a number of different um, brands after that. But I think I, I resisted against it for so long because I thought it was too fun to, for like a college graduate. It was like too like I needed to do like a serious job where I sat behind a desk. And then at some point, I realized you could actually build a career out of making people look and feel good. So I was like, I, I'm into that. As the master injector, my wife always says, "Yes, it's you, you guys. The business you're in is actually curing depression." I mean, a hundred percent. And I, it's, it's interesting because, you know, I, I, it is a rather unusual path that I've taken coming from like makeup and beauty into like medical aesthetics. And for me, the, the link throughout my career, it's kind of like less about vanity and I'm sure the master injector would agree. It's less about like caring, you know, being, being obsessed with how you look and more about the way that taking care of yourself makes you feel. And there's like this internal transformation feeling that happens. And I can point to so many, like I have so many visual memories throughout my career, you know, in, in both, in all industries, um, that kind of point themselves to this. I remember one day when I was working in cosmetics, a mother like brought her teenage daughter into my makeup counter. And this girl was, you know, very tall, like awkwardly tall, very, like my uh, daughter, like my eldest daughter. Yeah. Well, yes, but Liat's like stunning. And yes. Um, I don't know if she's ever had a confidence problem, but she, um, but this girl was, you know, very uncomfortable in her skin. She, she was like hunched over. She looked super awkward. And the mom just kind of said to me, like, can you, you know, show her some stuff, you know, put, put some makeup on her. And I just sat this girl down in my chair and I did very little. It's not like I painted her face with a bunch of crap. I just did a couple things. I chatted with her and I saw this transformation happen. She got up like her shoulders, like like she just brightened up like a, you know, like a ray of sunshine. And it was like just a moment for me where I was like, wow, I did that. Like I made her feel like that just by doing very little, you know, and just having a conversation. She looked me in the eye. She gave me a hug. She was smiling. She like sparkled. And I was like, this is what I want to do for my whole life. I want to make people feel like this. So why don't you become a makeup artist? Um, I did. I that was, I did, I did that for the whole early part of my twenties. I could still probably do, do someone's makeup. It's been a hot minute, but I probably still have it in there somewhere. So then how did you find um, a job at Allergan? How did, how did that even? Yeah. So I kind of like, you know, did a bunch of things within the corporate cosmetics world. I did everything. I I worked with Calvin Klein and launched their, one of their iterations of makeup line. And I was, I I got to do everything from like naming the eyeshadows to like testing formulas and R and D lab. And it was a very cool. What was the name? Give a name you gave. Um, It's a good question. I feel like there was an eyeshadow called like Copper Penny or something. And then you came up with that, Copper Penny? Yeah, of course. No, I love, that was a fun part for me coming up with names. Yeah, that's cool. I like Copper Penny. Copper Penny eyeshadow. Um, And uh, so anyway, I um, uh, then like a friend of mine from the industry told me that Allergan was launching this this eyelash product called Latisse. Right. And they were looking for reps and they, they, they were looking for people with a cosmetic background because they believed there was like a merchandising component to it. And I was like, well, that sounds kind of cool. And like, this industry sounds really interesting. I know Botox is like this cool new drug that has, you know, gets rid of wrinkles and everybody loves it. And I just thought it sounded kind of interesting and like something I wanted to learn more about. And before I knew it, you know, I was interviewing for this job and, you know, next thing I knew here I was in this completely new industry. Um, and then I had to go meet with all these doctors and, and like sell myself as a, you know, as a consultant in their practice and how I was going to help them. And, you know, I had ne- I'd never done anything like it before, but, you know, what I did know was how do you, how do you engage with customers or patients? How do you make people feel good? You know, that's what I'm going to help you with. 
And that's what I did. And how long were you there? I was there for three years. And that's where I got the idea for the company that I later built, but there was a, a gap in between. So when I left Allergan, it was a 2012 and I was, I had this idea that I wanted to start this company and that I wanted to build this brand, but I didn't feel like I had, then I was kind of intimidated by the medical field. I was like, okay, I, you know, I've only worked for a huge company that was like, you know, had endless resources. I mean, Allergan's a massive, now they're owned by AbbVie, massive company, massive corporation. I would just be this small guy starting this business. And I really, you know, I, I didn't have any experience with that. So I very sort of decidedly wanted to get some more experience on a smaller scale. And so I went to go work for two startups. One guy was buying cosmetic laser devices and renting them out to, to medical practices because he recognized that people wanted the latest technology and you know lasers and devices, but they couldn't afford to buy a new machine every year. So he had this idea to rent them out, which was a smart idea. And then uh, another guy was launching like an oral skincare pill that was non-prescription. And it was like a like a supplement for your skin. And he only wanted to market it through medical offices. And so he, you know, I worked with him on launching this product. And so by the time I was kind of, you know, gotten both of those experiences, I was like, okay, I, I now I know what I need to do. And I I've got this. And I wrote a business plan. I literally, I remember a guy I was dating at the time told me to look on my businessplanbuilder.com to find it. Cause I was like, how do I write a business plan? I have no idea. And I literally went onto this website and I plugged in a bunch of information. It was like, how big do you want your company to be? What size? And then it generated all these cool graphs and things. And, you know, before I knew it, I had this probably very, you know, <laughs> remedial uh, business plan, but a business plan. Wow. And did it cost you any money or was free? I think it was maybe like $19.99. Right, right. You know, something like that, which was, uh, you know, an investment. I'd like to think that I was one of the first people that you actually showed the business plan to. Wasn't yeah, I? Definitely, I definitely came and talked to you about it. I uh, I remember meeting with you and a couple of your uh, Akiva. colleagues. Was it Akiva. Akiva? Akiva, yeah. But also I think there was, I think, I think a couple of your, the people that you're still in practice with maybe were at that meeting too. Right. And so, yeah, so I went, met with you guys in the Cedars caf- cafeteria. I remember. I remember that. I remember and, that yeah, lunch. That's true. And yeah, I mean, I could, you know, I could, I could always tell the story of it because it was really just like my vision of what I was trying to build. So the meetings in person were great for me, but a business plan, I mean, who knows? Maybe it was pretty good. I don't know. No, I thought it was cool. I just had no money back then. You know, the misconception of doctors being rich, I still have no money, but that's, mm. that's a whole other thing. That's why yeah. I brought other people in to see if yeah. we could pool a few shekels. No, I appreciated it. I appreciated the support. And I, I felt that you believed in me from day one. So Akiva I was one of your early investors, wasn't he? Yes. Akiva is a, a great friend and a great investor and a great supporter of mine. In fact, we were just emailing the other day. He loves Pete's coffee. And I was like, we need to meet at Pete's. We need a Pete's coffee. So I need to, I need to catch up with him in person, but yeah, he's been an awesome supporter throughout and a fellow entrepreneur. Right. He, yeah. he was my, he was my, uh, he's still a friend, but he was my biller. Yeah. Oh, biller. Right. And he's someone who I also respect in terms of a business thing. So absolutely, like I had to vet, I said, if Akiva's interested, I yep. think it's a worthwhile thing. And, yeah. and sure enough, he was. Well, I've since learned because now I've raised a lot of money on my own and 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 pretty pretty comfortable with the process now. That's always how it works at any level. And no, nobody, nobody ever wants to do anything alone. They always want, in the investor world, they always want like other people to agree with their excitedness about or their enthusiasm. And at first I thought, I I remember thinking in the early days, like, wow, it's so nice that all these investors want to introduce me to other investors. How kind. I always thought it was like a nice, kind thing. And someone eventually was like, no, no, they're not being kind. They're just, they're vetting you. They're basically like making sure that they like it and their friends like it too. Right. Um, And so I realized that that's kind of how it works, (laughs) but I, you know, I'll take it. So, so tell us what Alchemy 43 is. So actually before you tell us what it is, 
What's the name? What does it mean? Was it always Alchemy 43? Wasn't it something else? It was something else. Good memory. Yeah. So initially it was going to be called Spruce. Like Spruce. Like yes. Spruce I didn't like Spruce. I had a okay, problem. Well. And you had an interesting <laughs> like... Uh... Spelling. Yes. Yes. I did it with two O's. So yeah, my idea was like, oh, get yourself spruced up. I thought it was like this cute name and this cute right. word. And then, and, and I was really like, we're going forward with it. And I'd already raised my money and we were starting to build out the first store already and starting to like build out the website and everything. And then the trademark, the trademark association, let me know. I can't use the name because we'd already filed the trademark. They said, oh, there's a dermatology concept out of San Francisco called spruce health. And it's just too close. So you can't, you can't use it. And so I was, it was like the 11th hour. And I, I mean, they were starting to make the sign for the front of my store already. And I had to like figure out a new name and I just could not think of anything. I, I had like 200 names. I had all these branding people helping me out, all these friends helping me and just nothing was clicking. And I was already very like connected to the word spruce. So I was like, what am I going to call it? And I came home from dinner with friends one night and I logged into Facebook and someone had quoted the a, a quote from the alchemist, the book, the alchemist. And I was like, alchemy, alchemy, what does that mean? And I typed it into my Google browser. What is the definition of alchemy? And it was, there was two definitions. The first one was gold, right? Yeah. Well, that's one of them. Yeah. A seemingly magical process of combination, creation, and transformation. And then the second one was the study of chemistry that predated the periodic table that was concerned with changing base metals into gold. And I was like, that's it. I got goosebumps head to toe. I was like, that's the name. That's the name. And I I was talking to one of my early investors at the time. And she, and I said, this is the name. This is the name. She goes, that's a really cool name. She's like, is there, are there any numbers that are meaningful to you? Like, because, you know, refinery 29, there was all these cool cachet brands that had like a number associated. And I was like, not really. I mean, like 17 is my lucky number. I mean, I don't know. Do I use that? And she typed into her phone, how many muscles are in the face? And it was 43. Cool. Yeah. I really like the name, but now I like it more. Yeah. You know, people, are, people are like, is that an age? And I'm like, no, I mean, it is an age. Right. It wasn't my <laughs> age at the time. It's actually my age now, but it wasn't my age at the time. That's why we deliberately had you on the show now. Cause we knew so you're like 43 and 43. Exactly. I have since learned that there are sometimes exceptions to that, but that is generally the number of facial muscles that people Interesting. have. Yes. So, so what is the idea of the company? What is it? So the idea is just, you know, when I started doing this and I started working in this industry, I, I, a couple of things became very clear to me. Number one, I noticed how interested people were in these treatments and how, you know, it was, it was really something that people loved. I mean, Botox has a 98% patient satisfaction rate. People love the results of this drug. And I thought that was really interesting. And I also noted that like the places where you could go to get these treatments, namely Botox and otherwise, were it very much treated it kind of like an afterthought. Like, oh, I'm at the dermatology office. I'm getting my annual skin check while I'm here. Let me grab some Botox. Or, you know, I, while I while I'm at my plastic surgeon getting my post op, let me see if he can do my lips with Juvederm. And you know, and I just thought, wow. I mean, and, and I also noticed that there was really, you know, coming from the makeup world, there was really an artistry to doing this well, as you know from the master injector, right. uh, there's, there's truly an art to doing it well. And I felt, and I noticed too, that the people that had the best results and the people that had lines of patients waiting out the door for them were not necessarily the most highly, you know, the most highly licensed doctors in town. It, it wasn't necessarily a case of specialty. It was people who truly had a passion for it and an eye for it. And it could have been a nurse. It could have been a PA. It could have been a plastic surgeon. It didn't matter if, if people enjoyed doing it and truly like in, enjoy the artistry of it they got great results. And so I just started to think like, why, why does this have to be like an, and also type of treatment? Why can't it be something that kind of stands on its own? And I noticed, you know, and there was obviously med spas, everyone's familiar with med spas where you can go and you can get these services done. In addition, you can also get, you know, a facial, uh, you know, a massage, you know, whatever else. And I think 
I know I, I, I thought that a lot of the med spas that I had encountered at the time, and now they've gotten a lot better, um, were kind of struggling with credibility. Like a lot of patients were like, well, I don't want to go to this place that also does massages. That just feels counterintuitive for me. I'd rather go to a board certified plastic surgeon's office for this. And, and so I, I thought, you know, there people, you, you know, customers aren't wrong. They want to go to places, they want specialization. They want, you know, expertise. They're willing to spend money on things that are really good. And also I felt like there was not a branded, you know, I, I, Allergan has done such an amazing job with branding the name Botox. I mean, you hear, everyone knows what Botox is nowadays and, and there's no one place that you think of when you think of going to get Botox. So I, I thought there was an opportunity to change that and to kind of reframe the experience to make it more of a more of a service-based like beauty experience where you go and you get treated well and we serve you sparkling water in a champagne glass and we sort of make it a fun experience for you. And we don't, we don't at all trivialize the medical part, part of it. When you're sitting in the room and you're getting a needle in your face, you know, you're in a medical environment, you know, there's clinical, there's a, there's a level of clinical seriousness that has to happen. And so, so that's really what I set out to do and, you know, hopefully what we're doing. So this started what year? When did you start? So I opened the first location in Los Angeles in 2016. Um, we now have four locations, three in Los Angeles, one in New York City, um, and we are opening four more locations by September 1st of 2022. How many are in Texas? All four? Uh, with three in Texas and one in, one more in New York because we love our New York market. It's doing great. So we're going to do a second one in the on the Upper East Side. No Vegas, no Miami? Not yet. Coming soon. Stay tuned. Did you meet like a medical team in Texas that you wanted to work with, like plastic surgeons? It's a great question. That hasn't happened yet, but it will. Yeah. So so I'll use New York as an example because LA, you know, I was, I was here. It's my backyard. That's where I'm based. Uh, When we opened in New York, yes, we had to find a medical director. We had to find a licensed, you know, New York doctor to, to, to partner with us, which we did. We have an amazing oculoplastic surgeon uh, named Dr. Chelmis, who's our New York medical director. Um, And so, yes, you have to do that. You have to get set up and, and licensed to do business in whatever state that is and whatever medical regulatory medical board you know, laws that are in place and and they vary state to state. So you have to make sure you've got your, you know, your I's dotted and your T's crossed there. And then, yeah, then you set up to, you set out to hire, you know, injectable teams and you look out for experienced people and, you know, you go from there, you learn a lot of it as you go. But, um, you know, I think we, we have some sense about like, before I started the business, I wanted to make sure I could scale it to multiple States. So I spent all my own money working with a healthcare attorney here in LA who I think Dr. Cohen may know, uh, uh, do you know Harry Nelson? Sure. Yeah. So I everybody, worked with Harry. everybody in healthcare who's ever Correct. had an attorney knows Harry Nelson. Knows Harry Nelson. Yeah. yeah. So Harry, so Harry and I worked pretty closely together for the first year. That's kind of where I invested all my own money in like setting up the company for you know su- success. Specifically, when you go to Alchemy Forty Three, there's a menu, right? Like there are certain yeah. things that you can do or have done. You can't go in and say like the way you go to a restaurant and say, "I'll have this, but I don't want that." Is it kind of like? It's a good question. I mean, what we tried, so we tried to kind of uh, plan for both, right? So we wanted to kind of simplify the experience and make it very like, what's the thing you want to work on? What's the thing you want to focus on? And we'll work on that with you, but also leave some flexibility to be able to say, Hey, I know you want to focus on upper face, but Hey, have you ever thought about jawline? Let me show you what you would look like. And we use this 3d technology to show them you know, what they would look like. And so there's definitely an educational piece to it. Um, as you know, I'm sure. Um, and so what we do is we have, so like, for example, our, you know, our second most popular treatment we do is, is lips and we call that treatment. It's a micro treatment we call perfect pout. And so, yes, you'll have people that have booked an appointment for a perfect pout. That's what they want. They come in and then while they're there, they're like, Oh, actually, you know, what if I also do want to do my cheeks or I want to do another area. So we try to leave room. So we have services like that are customizable called like finely tuned, um, 
and make it personal. So those are the two that are kind of like, I'm not sure what I want, you know, help me help you. And then we have some that are like very straightforward. Botox is hello, bright eyes. And that's it. Is there the ability for someone to come in and say, Hey, I want my hands done kind of thing, or it's set. Good question. No. Yeah. We're, yeah, we're, we're, we are, we're pretty simple in terms of like the the offering and we're as of right now, we're neck up. I always like to say we're, we're neck up uh, oriented. We'll do some stuff. We have like, we do micro needling with PRP. So sometimes we'll do like the, the decollete area. Um, but that's really, that's all we do right now. So we don't do anything below the neck. So no, we're not doing hands or, you know, Brazilian, no, no bums yet. So when you have a new location, do you have how, how do you standardize it? Like Starbucks, you go and you know you get your matcha latte and da da da. Do you, is yeah. there that? Yeah. So that's the, that's the tricky part. I mean, certainly, so certainly, you know, at today, you know, with four locations, we, we hire experienced injectors, we hire experienced providers, we teach them our way. We definitely standardize the utilization. Uh, you know, there's a lot of different things. There's a lot of different ways to approach, uh, you know, inject doing a Botox treatment. And so we standardize that across the board. So if you're coming to us with experience and you learned a different way, we've got to teach you our way because the whole idea is that let's say you walk into our Santa Monica location and six months later, you're traveling in New York city and you want to pop in and get a quick refresh. You can do that and have a, you know, extension of the exact same treatment. There's no disconnect. And so in order to do that, we have to provide, you know, we have to do like standard protocols for how we do things. Um, and so it can be limiting, but we think it's worth it because, you know, we want, we want to make sure your experience is the same every time, no matter who you see. That's amazing. So we, um, yeah, we try, but it's challenging. I'm not going to lie. That's a tough part. Yeah. Can I ask you a quick question about Botox as someone who wants some, you said there's a 98% approval rating for it's like satisfaction rate. So it means 98% of people that get it, love it. And are like, okay. I would do it again. It's awesome. Yeah. Is there, have you ever seen any like bad reaction to Botox? Is that a thing? Yeah, no, of course it can happen. I mean, I think with, there's a lot of medical aesthetic treatments that are very, that are, that are sort of not technique oriented. If you know how to operate the machine, you know how to do the treatment, but, but injectables in particular are very technician dependent. So, you know, you want that needle in the hand of somebody who knows what the heck they're doing uh, because there's definitely ways to do it wrong. I mean, you, you put it in the wrong area, you relax the wrong muscle, you know, there's all different ways that you can drop the brow. You can create what's called a tosis, which basically gives you kind of like a droopy brow and a droopy eye for, you know, until it wears off can be up to four months. Um, and so, yeah, there certainly are ways to do it wrong. Um, and so it's important to go to a provider that you trust, go to a place that's, you know, well, you know, has a good reputation, ask questions, you know, definitely don't just like go into the corner store and, you know, right. look for reviews, do your homework for sure. Okay. Good, yeah. good advice. How do, how do you, especially in an area like, like LA, like 90210, how do you compete with the plastic surgeons and how do you not get bashed by, you know, the plastic surgeons and the dermatologists or or do you try to partner with them a little bit? (laughs) It's a good question. I mean, I think, you know, I have, I have probably have a fairly unique view on competition. Um, and this has kind of always been who I, who I am, but I I really believe there's room enough for everybody in this space. This, this, um, the, the non-invasive aesthetic medical market is expected to double in size by 2025 and it's, it grows, double digits year over year. And that, that doesn't, it means not only do the people that get it continue to get it. It means new people are trying it all the time. Younger people are starting to do it preventatively, just different populations. I mean, men are trying it that have never considered trying it before. So, um, so there's really room enough. 
I think for everybody. And I think that there are, there are, there are certain clients, customers, patients out there that prefer to go to a, a board certified doctor for these treatments. And absolutely that's your choice to make. You get to choose who you go to as a customer. And there are people that are seeking specialization and experience, and we want to be an option. You know, we, I think the fact that we specialize in this, and this is something that we, that we spend all of our time doing, I think it holds water. You know, it's like, we are, we're a top 25 Allergan customer. So I went from being a rep to being, you know, the, one of the largest customers in the country. Um, and that is, that's because it's all we do. I mean, we don't, you know, it's like it, when you do something all day long, what's the Malcolm Gladwell thing? 10,000 hours makes you an expert or something. Right. This is all we do. So, um, so I think there's, there's a place for us and there's a place for somebody who wants to go to a plastic surgeon or, or has a med spa they love. Like, I, I really wish everybody the best. I think the, like, I kind of, I kind of like what we are doing. Cause I think we're causing, we're helping to have, have everyone step up their game a little bit in terms of the experience. Um, cause now you can't, you, you know, even if, if you love the results of Botox, people are also looking for a good experience. And so if us, if us being in, in play makes us competitive in that way, like good, everybody deserves a better experience. So I wonder if there's almost more of a role to set up shop in well-populated, but, but areas that don't that are very different from a, you know, off, off LA, the, New York. that kind of place, yeah. you know, well, for sure. Yeah. Especially because so many people are moving to those places, right? It's like now with everybody being able to work remote in, in so many cases, you have this mass exodus of people leaving from these expensive metropolis areas and going to Boise, Idaho and, you know, and Salt Lake city. And, you know, people are moving to these places that are not as heavily populated and they're not, they still want to look good. You know, they're not, they still have the same desires. So I definitely feel like there is an opportunity in those markets to make a big splash and not, you know, not always go to the, I mean, I think it's good that we started the brand in these sort of big metropolitan areas, but I certainly don't think that's where we're going to stay. Like I'm all about getting into those other markets. What's, what's your big picture plan world dominant other than world domination World domination. You nailed it. Yeah. Uh, 250 stores us, um, in 10 years it, over the next 10 years, we think that that's possible and optimal. Um, there's, we've been approached and, and certainly we'll consider, um, international. So going into international markets, you know, um, uh, in 2018, uh, we were lucky enough to get a spot on the today show, which was really cool. Uh, a little bit early. Cause we only had LA locations at that time. Um, I wish we would have, you know, had it, had it later on, but hopefully we'll have a chance to go back on. And I remember the day after the, the, the show aired, I got like hundreds of emails from people all over the world that were like, I'm in Dubai. I want you to open a location here. I'm in London. I'm in Paris. Why don't you open here, open here. So, it, you know, I think there's definitely an interest there. Um, and then we, you know, I, I'm, I'm really excited personally to do a product line because that's the background I come from. I'm really passionate about skincare and beauty. And so we will definitely do at some point, a product, an Alchemy 43 product line that I'm excited to dig into. And yeah, in, in essence, world domination, Hopefully yeah. we'll ring, ring the bell on wall street one day. So how do you get it all done? What are your, what's some tips to being a successful CEO and business owner? I'm certainly not an expert on that. Um, like you are. <laughs> I, no, I don't, I don't think I have much balance. I haven't for the last five years. Um, but yeah, I just, I feel like I'm just, um, I mean, I really have dedicated my life to this for the last five years. I did just have a baby seven weeks ago. Um, and wow. yes, I wanted to talk about that a little bit. What's a baby's yes. name? Her name is Ava, Ava Lynn. Ava Jason. Ava Jason Cohen Lynn. Nice. Yeah. Very good. Yes. Very good. Of course, okay. only. What, how could I not? Yes. Yes. And actually your last guest, Dr. Rad was my, one of my doctors. Oh, wow. Yes. He's an amazing doctor. He, yes, he was an absolute amazing doctor. He took great care of me. So. 
I love that. That's I love great. how worlds collide like that. That's Absolutely. Great. I know. I was like, oh my gosh, Dr. Rad, you were on Dr. Cohen's show. Where's your family? Are they around? They're in Orange County. So they're an hour south of here. My sister lives right, right, right nearby. So she's, she's here all the time. She's a very involved auntie. And um, yeah. And so, I mean, I think this is obviously creating some, some real balance in my life. And I'm, you know, I've always wanted to be a mom and kind of put all my family plans on hold so that I could start this business. And then I started, the years started creeping up and I was like, oh, I gotta, if I want this to happen, I gotta go. So hence, hence having the baby now and doing it solo, doing it single. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's been quite a journey and I definitely, I feel How like was already- that journey. I, I, if you yeah. want to talk about it, we yeah, can obviously edit, we can obviously edit this out if you want, but no, I'm totally public about it. Very open about it. Um, no, it was a crazy journey. And I, one thing I will say to all of your listeners and to you about your daughters, if you have any interest in ever having children in your life as a woman and probably as a man to freeze your eggs, freeze your eggs as soon as you possibly can, as young as you possibly can it just opens up options for you and opens up a world of possibility for you that may not exist otherwise. And even if you never use them, if you never touch them, it's like the world's best insurance policy and the best money well spent. So I froze my eggs when I was 35 and I had a reasonably good result and I was happy. And I was like, okay, I'm done that. Now I can start my company. And, you know, I let me get personal. So what did it, what does it cost to freeze one's egg? It's a good, good question at the time. And you know, none of it's covered by insurance as I'm sure, you know, so it's very much a cash pay experience. Um, I think, and I added up all the costs between the medications and what I paid, you know, for, to the fertility clinic and all of that. And I think it was somewhere around $14,000 then. Um, I do know, and I've, I've worked closely with a company called kind body that's sort of trying to do revolutionize and make the experience a lot more consistent and enjoyable than, uh, than sort of prior kind of the alchemy 43 of fertility. Um, and, uh, they have a much, um, I think their price point for egg freezing now is like $7,500. So that doesn't include the medication, which I included in my 14,000. Um, you know, you have to do some injections and stuff. So you have to buy all those medications. Um, there are like you know, ways to save money on that and to do, you know, there's like, there's, there's some financing programs and there's ways to do it, but it, it's not cheap. It's expensive, but it's honestly like the best money. And then you, and then you pay like $600 a year to keep, to free. Keep your eggs. So every year you have to pay the bank basically. Yeah. You bank. Exactly. Um, and, but in a way it's kind of a good reminder, like, Hey, those eggs are there, you know, remember. And so, yeah, so that's what happened. So I froze my eggs and then, you know, all of a sudden I sort of, the time kept ticking by, I wasn't dating. I wasn't sort of, you know, investing time in a, in finding a, finding a partner. So I was like, you know what, I, I'm just going to do this. And I set out to do it. And so, you know, then I had to go through a whole process to prepare my body for carrying a child. And that took a while. And then I got pregnant last year and had a miscarriage. So my my first attempt, which was tough. Um, happens to so many women, as you know, and men. Um, and, uh, yeah, so at eight weeks I had a miscarriage, which was a bummer, um, gave my body a couple months to kind of recover from that and my, and my soul. And, uh, and then I tried again and I did the transfer on January 31st or 30th of 2021. And then I was pregnant with my Ava and I had her on September 27th. Nice. Wow. Did, you, yeah. did you choose the sex? No, I did not. I did what's called a fresh embryo transfer because I had just frozen eggs, not embryos. So basically they had to thaw my eggs. I had to, I got sperm from a sperm bank and uh, they fertilized them. And tell then us they about, did, will you tell us about the donor? Yeah, that's a fascinating process. In fact, I feel like people don't talk about this enough. Um, 
it's literally like JDate or like a dating app, but for sperm donors. I mean, it's really like that. You, you log, you log into this website and you get all these profiles and you know, you're like, well, you know, I, I want my kid to have every chance in life. So, you know, I want them to look good and have good intelligence and all these things. So yeah, you can like literally sort, sort by height, eye color, hair color, GPA. I mean, all kinds of things. Um, you can do, you can do genetic testing and find out, you know, if you're compatible genetically with the person and, um, and then, you know, you can you obviously just make all kinds of, you know, like sort of, you can filter it any way you want. And what I ended up doing, so I had a couple genetic things, so I wanted to make sure. So that kind of narrowed down my pool a little bit, nothing crazy, but just narrowed it yeah. down. Um, and then I kind of thought to myself, well, I kind of want her to look like me and my family, like more or less. I think that would be nice if, you know, the child kind of resembled me and my family. So I kind of looked for someone who kind of resembled us, looked like a Levy, you know, a little bit. And Jew, basically Jew. A Jew. Yep. Uh-huh. Definitely a Jew. Right. And um, yeah. And then I, uh, and then I just kind of went for it. I think probably a lot of people go a lot deeper than I did. Like, I feel like I didn't, I didn't, I wouldn't say I like made it very easily or flippantly, but I didn't go crazy with it. Like, I think there's, someone was actually telling me I went to this female founder event a couple of weeks ago and someone was telling me they were looking into doing it and that they like, there's some website that you can buy sperm from like Ivy league people only right. <laughs> like you have to, you know, it's like, Oh, you only want someone who went to Harvard or whatever. I definitely didn't do all that. I, I don't know if, I don't know where my sperm donor went to college. Um, I know that he, he did computer science or something. So maybe she'll be like <laughs> computer sciencey. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so, um, so yeah, I just, I just chose someone and you know, I mean, she turned out perfect. So course. Nice. I don't know. <laughs> what was your most important criteria though did, of, of those things? Well, I would say, I don't know. I mean, I kind of just wanted, I think like well-rounded. Um, I didn't know if it was going to be a boy or a girl. So I, I chose somebody that was like 5'10 or 5'11. I think, I, I think I searched like 5'10 and over. Um, and yeah, no, I didn't really have anything. You know, I, 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 I wanted the person to be reasonably intelligent you know? And so I looked for things like the GPA in high school, the GPA in college. Do they have a college degree? A lot of, I think a lot of guys do this like in college for beer money kind of thing. Like this is like a, like, I think my sperm donor was born in 1993. Good. So what is that? that makes him like young, young. Yeah. what did your parents say? Um, everyone, my family has been incredibly supportive. In fact, my dad just left me a long voicemail about how he, you know, he's in Orange County about how he wants to spend more time with Ava and he feels like he wants to see her every week so he can watch her grow. And he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to get in the way. He knows how busy I am, but can he please see her every week for at least an hour? <laughs> so is it, is it making you rethink, uh, how hard you work? Yeah. Well, it, it also, you know, as you probably know, as a parent, it's like, it's physically impossible to do this and work all the time. So I'm, I'm lucky enough to have amazing help. And, um, um, you know, that's going to be a key part of this because I'm doing it single and I have amazing supportive family around me, but I also, I want to be there. I want to watch her grow up. I don't want to be gone all the time and be busy all the time. I think one of the things that's been surprising for me about it is that I kind of knew I'd have to figure out my life accordingly and figure out like, you know, how to balance work and the baby and kind of make sure she was taken care of. If I had to take a business trip and stuff, what I didn't account for was like, I actually don't want to be away from her. Like, I don't want to go away for a long time or I don't want to like, you know what I mean? Like I, soon so that part, soon you what? Soon, soon, soon you I will. Maybe, maybe <laughs> right now I'm like, you know, it's like, I'm gone for a couple hours and I'm like, wait, I have to get home. Like I haven't seen her in a few hours. So yeah, no, for sure. It's, it's, it's forced balance, which I think I need. And I, I honestly think, and I, I, I say this, it's really not bullshit. I think it makes me a better founder and a better CEO to have balance in my life. I think like, I just noticed now, like I'm not sweating the small stuff as much, like, you know, things that would keep me up at night, like stupid stuff about work. Like, I don't know, 
I, I can't even like give you an example, but things like little things would happen and I would like lose major sleep over it. And I'd be like consumed by it for two days. And now it's like, oh, well, like, okay, moving on, you know, yeah. other things matter. You now know, it's like, God, uh, Ava had a good poopy. Right. Congratulations. Yeah, she had a great poopy. Point. Yeah. It was the right color, the right size. Exactly. Yeah. What, um, h- how did COVID affect you and how is it affecting you? Oh man. I mean, who wasn't affected by COVID, right? I think it was, I mean, an incredibly, uh, I mean, especially having brick and mortar, like physical, you know, physical space businesses. I mean, there was definitely a dark moment there where it was like, are we going to survive this? Like what happens? Like what, yeah. what do we do next? I mean, it was very, it got very dark for a while. Um, luckily we came through it and came through it well. And I think like, I feel like, you know, if, if, if as a business like mine, you can make it through, like the world is your oyster. And sadly, a lot of businesses did not make it through. So I'm certainly, I'm not trying to sound, you know, flippant about it, but, uh, we were lucky, you know, we, we, people, uh, prioritize this, you know, I think in, in times of uncertainty, people, people do things that make them feel like themselves. And, um, I think that's what happened here and people, you know, wanted they, you know, the zoom face thing is real. You know, you're staring at yourself in, in a camera all day on zoom and you're like, gosh, you know, what about this wrinkle? What about that wrinkle more than ever before? So people have, you know, started to prioritize their wellness and their, you know, their sort of beauty routines more than ever before. So it's been great. Um, I think for me personally, it was like pretty, um, you know, there was just a lot of like solitary time, a lot of downtime. And, um, I think probably it, it prompted my wanting to have a child. And that process was probably kind of confirmed by, just all the sort of self-reflection time that you had at home. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I can't say, I mean, I'm super happy to be sort of coming out of that more or less now and just can't believe, you know, I think it's like something that we'll talk about with our grandchildren. Like I can't believe. Do you think, we, uh, do you think people are flocking more than ever now to, because of, uh, to go, to come to the store? I think so. I feel like there's a bit of a, like a revival. I think people there, you kind of have a sense, people have a little bit of a new lease on life now where they're like, I'm going to go and do that thing. I was thinking about doing, I'm going to buy those shoes or I'm going to, you know, go to that vacation. I was going to go on. I mean, I saw you guys took a trip to Africa. We did. That looked amazing. It was amazing. Yeah. yeah. My home, my homeland. That's right. Although we didn't go South. We, oh, okay. we, uh, we only did East Africa. Yeah. Well, it was because it's cheaper. South Africa is more expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we were actually planning that for three years and we were supposed to go last year and it got because of COVID. So we were gone for a month. Wow. Incredible. And like when, when else in life have you taken a month off? Right. When my kids were born. Oh, that's the only time. Right. That's the only time. Wow. What was a great family time too. It was unbelievable. And what shocks me is there was no drama and no fighting at all. I thought there would have been drama. It was zero drama. And we were together for a month, which is yeah, like cool. solid. That's amazing. Yeah, That's crazy. a big tribute to you guys and the family you've built. But I, I think too, like when you get out of the day to day, it's so, it's so awesome. I know. I think so. I do think people are are more interested in the things in life that make them that make them happy than they ever have been before. I truly do, and I think people are more like appreciative too. I feel like there's also just this like sentiment of like like patience and like camaraderie and wanting to like you know just kind of connect with other people. And yeah, I, I think we're in a pretty cool place right now. You know, how did you choose Texas as your next location? Um, you know, I think um, we have a couple of investors that are based there. It's a market we've been looking at for a while. Um, you know, there's a lot of people moving to Texas. It's a very business friendly state, and um, and it's one of the top markets in the U.S. for Botox. 
So we wanted to be, have a presence there. Um, and, you know, kind of middle of the country. So kind of, you know, a nice sort of footprint nationally for us, you know, thought, thought wise, but certainly Florida is on the list as well. Um, and yeah, lots of other markets, but yeah, Texas just felt like a good next step for us. Very cool. Hopefully it will be. I'm so excited for you on so many levels. I, you, I still, I still wish I had invested. <laughs> well, my I'm goal glad. is to make you regret it. My, that's why my goal is to make you. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Thank you. Just kick yourself. No. And, and uh, I'm wondering where the next place we bump into is going to be. I know we saw, we see each other at Trader Joe's or like a cat or like a cafe cafe or something like that. Oh, La Provence, my place. Right. Exactly. Although I took my daughter there yesterday to, for a meeting. Like I brought her with me to meet my friend and she screamed bloody murder and I had to leave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, too. sorry, sorry. Got to go. She's screaming her head off. Oh yeah. It's a good way to get out of meetings now. Yeah. I was like, got to bounce. So yeah. Well, so I, go, ahead. go ahead, Lauren. You go. No, I was going to say this is great and very informative. And she's got a little baby, so I don't want to keep her too long. Oh, um, that's very but, sweet. Thank you. <laughs> so do you have any final questions, Dr. Cohen? Sure. Is one of your parents a doctor? My dad's an optometrist. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And my mom was a teacher. She died when I was 25. And I think same as your mom um, of cancer, but different kind of cancer. Yeah. Um, yeah. So she's my daughter's named after my mom. Nice. Yeah. I love that. My yeah. middle daughter's named after my mom. Oh, really? Yeah. First name or second name? A uh, second name and Hebrew name. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. My mom's name was Lynn and my daughter's Ava Lynn. Right. And mine was Arlene and mine is Hannah Arlene. Oh, I love that. That's so yeah. cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. Very cool. Thank you. Thank you so much. Wait, 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 wait. We have one final question. We always have oh, to right, end. Right. Thank you, Lauren. Yes. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. We always have to end. I don't know if you have any time, but like with what you're watching or listening to, like what you would recommend, even a book you're reading. Well, right now I'm kind of reading baby books. So I don't know if that's that cool. The last business book I read was Radical Candor, which is a good business book, I think. What um, is that? During, it's, a, it's just a book about like how like communication, kind of like communication within teams. Um, and I guess outside, but really like te- team building and team communication and just like sort of the art of being being direct with people in a way that's still kind and still, you know, respectful. Um so I think that's, yeah, I, I would, I would definitely recommend taking a look at that book. And then in terms of what I'm watching, I mean, I, I, you know, I'm like, I'm I, basically during COVID, I've been watching things that were like super old shows that I never, like, I never watched West Wing. Like I'm still watching West Wing. That's like I started one. that during, yeah. I mean, I definitely recommend, and I like the shows that are long because then you always have something to like, it's, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, it's ongoing. So uh, I love West Wing. Um I mean, like everybody, I think um, I'm watching Succession and uh, um, I liked, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I like Yellowstone, which is kind of a weird, not my usual, but it's yeah. good. That's, uh, uh, what's his name? Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah it's, kind of, it's kind of like a, it's kind of soap opera-y, but it's like exciting and it's set in like pretty, you know, Montana, I think Montana. And it's kind um, of yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, I wish I had something more, um, profound. Oh, to say about that's, that. all, that's all gold. That's great. <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you guys. Thanks for having me. It was so fun. It's all Thanks. alchemy. It's all alchemy 43 all the time, baby. <laughs> all right. Bye. Congratulations. Thank, you, guys, thank you so much. Nice to meet you. Nice to see you, Dr. Cohen. We'll see you guys soon. Take okay. care. Bye. Bye. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening to Gross Anatomy and be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you can check out more episodes on the evolving sights, smells, and sounds of medicine. Gross Anatomy is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. 
Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition.